Okay, it's not every day that you get to do something that you've never done before, but tonight I'm going to preach a sermon on Jude. So turn in your Bibles to, Karen reminded us, the 65th book of the Bible, the second to last book. If you go to Revelation, you went too far. So turn to the very back. Psalms is in the middle, Jude's in the back. And we're going to look at four verses from Jude. That kind of uh, inspired our catechism reading tonight. God's word says this, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only Savior and Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So in the, in the New City Catechism, there is one reading about, you know, uh, the, the Apostles' Creed, as we, as we did tonight. Uh, it takes a different approach from the Heidelberg Catechism. The Heidelberg Catechism takes 15 weeks and goes through every phrase of the Apostles' Creed. And I want to go through in like 15 minutes tonight. So this is, yeah, this is a, um, a, big, a big teaching. The, the New City Catechism, it takes a different approach, and it's broken down into God the Father, and then God the Son, Jesus. So that's the section that we're in now. And then in a couple weeks, we're going to get to the section on God the Holy Spirit, and we'll finish out uh, the year in that way. But the, what, what the teaching reminds us and what this passage from Jude reminds us is of the gospel, you know, of what we need to believe in order to, to be saved. So, the Catechism says that we are to believe everything taught to us in the gospel. Well, the gospel is a word that is used a lot, it's thrown around the church a lot, but often we forget what it means, or forget what, what it's all about. So what is... What is the gospel? I think it can be broken down into three words. If somebody was to ask you, if a coworker or family or whatever, oh, use that word gospel a lot. What, it, what is it? Well, I would say that the gospel is Christ saves sinners. Christ saves sinners. It's, uh, it's simple enough that a child can understand it. That's what we're going to be teaching this week in Vacation Bible School so that even four-, five-, and six-year-olds can understand, wow, God loves me so much that, he's, that he saved me. You know, and, I, and I'm a sinner. I need that. I can't save myself. And yet, those of us that have been walking with Jesus our whole lives or for many, many years and decades can understand that it takes a lifetime to wrap your mind around that. And I think I've shown it up on the screen before, but the cross should just be getting bigger and bigger as we go through our life because we realize 
how broken we are and how much we need God and yet how powerful He is. That He really can rescue us out of any situation. He really can forgive any sin. He really can rescue anyone. Doesn't matter how good or how bad that person is. Uh, I love that first Timothy passage. It's uh, verse uh, 15 of chapter 1. Christ saves sinners, of whom I am the worst. There's that, uh, that billboard on I-5. <laughs> I saw it yesterday up in Washington. But that second part of it, you know, Christ saves sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul, who wrote that, he understood how much he needed saving. And that actually, it shows humility to ask for it, and yet it shows confidence because... It's not about what you can do. It's about what God can do to rescue us. So, to take it a little bit deeper, let's look, at, let's look at God's Word and let's put a little bit of context into this. Because Jude, in four verses here, he explains what the Gospel does. He explains what we have to believe. First, the Gospel makes us want to become a slave to Christ. A slave to Christ. Or, you know, the word here is translated servant. It's a word that's used a lot in the New Testament. Doulos. It means servant or slave. That's kind of crazy that somebody would want to be a slave to anyone. But Jude writes that. Paul writes that a lot. That... I'm going to be a servant or a slave of Jesus Christ. I'm going to attach myself to him because I know that if I'm not a servant of Jesus, I'm going to be a servant of a lot of other things. Because like that great prophet of our time, Robert Zimmerman, a.k.a. Bob Dylan, said, you've got to serve somebody. You may, you may be, it may be the Lord or it may be the devil, but you got to serve somebody. Every single person is serving somebody or serving something. They've dedicated their life to something. And Jude says, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. That's how he identifies himself. And then he says to those who have been called... So he's saying that the gospel calls us. The gospel calls us. And we put a special emphasis on that in the Reformed faith, in the Reformed tradition. We don't believe that we go out looking for God. We don't believe that we go out earning our way to God and pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and getting better and better. We believe that God's love is so radical that it chases after us. That it comes after us. That as we sang tonight, it leaves the 99 and searches out for that one lost sheep. And you know who that lost sheep is? It's me. It's Pastor Pete. It's all of us that Jesus has come and searched for. And that is portrayed so powerfully in the prodigal son. When God is just, just there. Well, waiting waiting to welcome home the older son and the younger son. And Jude continues 
to say that we are loved by God. We are beloved. We're beloved in God the Father. That's what the gospel does. It makes us his children. And our Father loves us. We're beloved in him. And it keeps us safe for Jesus Christ. And that's really what a lot of the rest of that, this very short letter is about. But keeps us safe for Jesus Christ. Again, in this Christian Reformed Church, the phrase that, he, that, uh, that we're reminded of is the perseverance of the saints. The perseverance of the saints. That if someone is a believer, that they will persevere. That you can't sin your way out of the kingdom. You can't sin your way out of being a child of God. Because he loves us, because he loves us, because he loves us. He forgives and forgives and forgives. His grace is so abundant. Chad, Pastor Chad is going to be so disappointed that he missed a sermon where I quoted the canons of Dort. Because that guy, he loves the canons of Dort. He reads the Bible and the canons of Dort every morning when he wakes up. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. But here's what it says. Because of the remnants of sin dwelling in them, dwelling in us, and also because of the temptations of the world and Satan, those who have been converted could not remain standing in this grace if left to their own resources. But God is faithful, mercifully strengthening them in the grace given to them and powerfully preserving them in it to the end. If we were left to our own devices, if we were left to our own resources, we would fall away. But God doesn't let us. He is our safety. He's our safety net. Jesus is there to catch us. I love that. I love this verse from the beginning of the letter of Philippians. That he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That God's grace is working in us. And that just keeps going and keeps going through our whole lives, keeping us faithful to the end. And then Jude says in verse 4, and, and as I alluded to before, this is where we're going to sort of wrap up tonight. This part got, this part got crossed out. I think we'll, we'll come back to it at some point. That's the Apostles' Creed. But to focus on Jude, he's saying that, this, that the gospel needs to be continually preached. Martin Luther said that pastors should beat it into the heads of their people because we so constantly forget it. Jude says in verse 4 that we need to contend for it, that we need to contend for the faith because people are always trying to pervert it. And the way that they pervert it is, is in two ways. Uh, again, Martin Luther said that the gospel is like a horse and people are always falling off to this side or to this side. And this side over here represents, well, you know what we would say, uh, lawlessness. Well, God's grace, I mean, it really doesn't matter what you do. You can do anything. God can forgive any sin, so it doesn't really matter how you behave. Well, that's not true, because if you really understood God's grace and the cost of his precious blood, you want to be grateful. You want to live your life in love, as God has loved you. Or, you know, 
and that's, uh, that's really what the book of Galatians is about. And then other people say that we can sort of earn our salvation. We fall off, that we can just earn our way to God through our good works and by being good people. And that's really, the book of Romans is written to address that. That's that other side of the horse. But the gospel, the gospel that Christ saves sinners needs to be continually preached and contended for and spoken about. It needs to be winsome. And it needs to be, continue, you know, it needs to be communicated through the generations and to the culture that we find ourselves in. Because there's a call here not to deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. To not deny that. To not deny it with our words. To not deny it with our actions or with our life. And how do we do that? How do we not deny it? How do we keep walking in it? By believing in Jesus. By resting in His amazing grace. We let His grace rule our lives. We, we preach the gospel to ourselves. <laughs> you know, when we feel down, when we feel like we've, we've really messed up, we, we've really done it this time, could God really love us? We preach the gospel to, our, to ourselves. Martin Luther used to splash water on his face and say, no, Satan, I'm a baptized child of God. You can't speak those lies to me. I belong to Jesus. I'm his. We preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Because otherwise, we think, ah, life doesn't really matter. Or we think, God, I'll keep working for you. I'll keep straining for you. I'll keep striving for you. When the gospel is saying, come to me, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. How do we keep walking in it? We preach it to ourselves, and then we live it out to other people. And if you keep reading Jude, that's, that's what it says. You know, it says, you've been shown so much mercy. Mercy. You You didn't get what you have coming to you. You didn't get what you deserve. That's mercy. So give that to other people. Extend that to other people. Even and especially to the people that don't deserve it. Jesus told us to pray for our enemies. How crazy is that? Pray for our enemies. That helps us to understand what grace and mercy are all about. What the gospel's all about. That Christ has saved us. How do we walk in it? We, we let God's grace change the way that we parent, the way that we act at work, the way that we relate to our family, the way that we see our calling as a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, a truck driver, whatever it is, we let God's grace wash over us and not stay with us. We don't want to be spiritually bloated. We don't want to keep it all to ourselves. But we want to share it with this world. And as we know in our prayers tonight, this broken, 
city and country and world that we live in. It's in need of God's grace. So we don't keep it to ourselves. We share it with our neighbor. We share it with those that are around us. We show the mercy that we've been shown. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the incredible good news of Jesus. That you have come after us. That even when we were trying to run away from you, God, you tackled us from behind. And you brought us back to yourself. You took us out of our cave, out of our jail cell, out of that dark place we found ourselves in. And you brought us into the light, into freedom. So that we might be a slave to only one thing. Not to an addiction, not to sin, not to, sh- to shame, but we can be a slave to you, Jesus. We can be your servant. Help us to know what it means to serve you today, tomorrow, and all the days that you give us, even as eternity is very close. We thank you for the promise of your kingdom and everything that we've said tonight, everything we believe about you that you're coming again to judge the living and the dead, that you are coming again to resurrect these bodies and to take them to paradise with you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you for, for you have loved us first. Amen.